Dan Torrance knew the look, knew how to wear it. A walk that conserved energy, a hunching over just a little with hunger. Not stumbling or belly gripping, but sheltering the hollowness in your stomach and the weak fire that still burned there, as if you were trying to protect it from going out in the thin rain of this lusterless spring day. It was the camouflage he adopted as he moved slowly but stolidly around the edges of the crowd filling the Place de l'Hôtel de Ville. He'd seen the look often enough in the last few months, could now simulate it effortlessly. Here it was repeated in the crowd like an expressionist's motif. The distorted posture, the gaunt faces, the pasty skin, the expressions of deep waiting on pallid faces. He glanced with studied disinterest at the high ochre instamold and raw wood stage newly set up on the other side of the square, festooned with banners in the colors of the French flag, colors gone dull under the lifeless aluminum gray sky. The clouds shrugged out a little rain and a fitful wind made Torrance hunch deeper into his green plastic slicker. Suddenly, the Marseille blared and echoed around the square, pumped from stage speakers as, behind the podium, French soldiers, every one of them Caucasian, in full dress replete with berets, tugged white ropes to ceremoniously raise an enormous French flag as backdrop for the stage. The flag drooped like a man with a bent back until, pulled taut, it snapped into display as if the man straightened to bare his chest. The crowd reacted with a smattering of applause and a shudder of skeptical muttering. Everyone quietly aware of the 42nd Alliance bulls, the men in soft armor and mirrored helmets carrying rifles and recoil reversal sticks, standing at parade rest in formation to either side of the stage. They were part of the array as well as protection for the new president of France. The flag blocked out a large section of the Hôtel de Ville, the city hall of Paris, in its latest incarnation. Built first in the 16th and early 17th centuries, burned by the Commune in outrage against the excesses of Napoleon III in the 19th century, rebuilt in a foggy imitation of Bocador's somewhat extravagant wedding cake conception, looking now Victorian and called by the French an example of Belle Epoque. The Second Alliance had chosen it for this event, Torrance supposed, because it was one of the few intact government buildings left in Paris. The square had been the Place de Greve until 1830, a place of celebrations and official functions which sometimes combined when there was an execution. In this square, so Lavoisier said, Ravaillac, the man who'd assassinated Henry IV, had his dagger hand burned off, his torso torn open with sharp tongs and the wounds filled with boiling oil. Then, while he still lived, his body was pulled asunder by horses. And in this place, other criminals and supposed criminals had been broken on the wheel, their bones crushed by an executioner wielding a heavy bar. Others were simply hung or axed or guillotined, events reliably attended by great crowds of the rich and the poor, enjoying the spectacle. The spectacle had arisen again, like a ghost who returns on lunar cycles, 
But today there would be no executions. Except perhaps one execution, Torrance thought. Truth, Smoke would probably say, will be guillotined here today. They raised the instrument of that particular execution, a television monitor big as a movie screen humming upright on the back of the sound truck parked to the left of the stage. On it, almost immediately, was an image of the Arc de Triomphe, unfurling in pixels like an electronic flag.